Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. Pastor James is fired up and ready to preach. I hope you enjoy this sermon. Continuing our series on Stretch Out Your Hand to Heal. To give us a review and context, Peter and John had healed a lame man at the temple. And the temple leaders were not happy about that, had them arrested and tried to silence them. And this is what Peter and John were told by the temple leaders. They were commanded to not speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Notice their fixation on the name of Jesus. They didn't care if Peter and John spoke in their own names or someone else's name. They strictly forbade them not to speak in the name of Jesus. They didn't want to hear the name of Jesus. How many know that's true a lot in today's world as well? People only want to hear the name of Jesus if it's a swear word. But if you mention it in its context and its glory and its holiness, then people take offense. But we will proclaim the name of Jesus, amen? We will not back down. We will not bow. We will speak forth his name because we know that his name is all power and all glory. He is the Son of God, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. After Peter and John were released with this warning, the disciples called to prayer meeting. How many know if you've been let out of jail, it's a good time to pray? And so this is what they said. Now, Lord, this is Acts 4.29. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through... The name of your holy servant, Jesus. This is critical. If we want miracles, we need to know the name of Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And so when we stretch out our hand to heal, it must be done only in the name of Jesus. Not in someone else. Miraculous signs and wonders can only be performed in the name of Jesus. So I think it's critical that we understand that when we pray, that we pray in the name of Jesus, we conclude our prayer with that salutation because we know only Jesus can save us. And so hear what Jesus says in John 14, 14. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Wow, what a promise. Now we know that verse 13 says it has to bring glory to his father. So we can ask for anything that will bring glory to God and he will hear us and he will answer. So first of all, we have to establish one fact. Number one, we can ask God for anything in the name of Jesus. What freedom, what power, what access we have been given by God to pray and come in the name of Jesus and ask for anything. Sometimes we think, oh, this is too small. How many of you know nothing's too small for God? If it's a... If it's a care, turn it into a prayer. If it's worry and anxiety or too much thinking, I was sharing with somebody just the other day, I think too much and don't pray enough. And he said, yeah, it doesn't say think without ceasing. It says pray without ceasing. And those of you who are like me who overthink things, we find ourselves trying to think through everything and it just adds more stress and anxiety in our life. Prayer is a different thing. 
The power of the name of Jesus. Do we understand? Do we comprehend the power of that name, the beauty of that name? So let's study the necessity of the name of Jesus in the context of healing and miracles. So as long as it brings glory to the Father, we can ask for anything. However, as we will see, what we ask for is essential. We are to ask, but what we ask for will be determined whether we receive or not. You see, after the lame man was healed at the temple, it immediately drew a crowd. How many know that divine healing will draw a crowd? When there are miracles, when there's a genuine move of God, it will draw a crowd, and it did in the temple, and it will in today. So it drew a crowd, and so Peter preached a sermon. Whenever you get a crowd, it's time for a sermon. I'll head over to Coconut Joe's sometimes after church, and there's a bunch of y'all there. We might as well have a service. We got a crowd. We're going to you know, start worshiping and blessing the food. It's good food. But let me say this. This is an important point. Miracles make way for the message. Jesus would perform a miracle and then he'd preach a message. And the same is true today. We, we need to believe God for, for miracles and then we will, people will want to hear our message. When there's power, they'll want to hear what you have to say. And so here is the culmination of Peter's sermon, Acts 4.12. Salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. In verse 13, and when they saw, this is the leaders of the temple, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, well, that's kind of insulting. They were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note, oh, this is it. They took note that these men had been with Jesus. It matters that we use the name of Jesus when asking because, number two, no other name brings salvation or healing but the name of Jesus. Salvation is a healing of our spirits. How many know it's the greatest miracle of all? Someone comes to Christ and becomes a new creation. Old things are gone and passed away. All things have become new. What a miracle. What a healing of our spirits. And there's no other name by which people can be saved. I know that's not popular today, it sounds awful exclusive, but it's the words of Jesus. It's what he said. And when Peter and John spoke before the rulers of the temple, one thing was clear. Though they were unschooled, uneducated bumpkins, ordinary fishermen, and they were from Galilee, which people look down upon that area, Galilee, yet though they were unschooled and ordinary, they were known for this. They had been with Jesus. Let us not be known for our schooling. Let us be known that we are people who have been with Jesus. Let us not be known because of our great talent or skills or charisma or whatever it may be. Let us be known as a people who have been with Jesus. So much so that people can recognize it. They can tell. The, the temple leaders had to admit that these men had been with Jesus. They recognized them. And so, no other name brings true healing and genuine miracles. But we need to realize this, number three. We can't expect healing if we have not been with Jesus. This is critical. 
If you want a healing in your life and in your body and your soul, if you want to see the Spirit of God and move in miraculous power, then we got to spend some time with the Savior. we got to spend some time with the Son of God. Oh, let it be known that we are recognized as people who have been with Jesus. Let the world begin to see Jesus in us, in how we treat them, and how we respond, and how we speak. Let them see Jesus in us. May we be known for that. Because God loves using unschooled, ordinary people for his kingdom and power. God often, and and we know it says in the scripture, he chose not those that were wise by this world's standards. In other words, not too bright. It's okay, you're in good company with me. You see, sometimes we focus so much on the externals. And there's nothing wrong with getting an education. I'm finishing my my master's degree. So there's nothing wrong with that. But all the degrees in the world are worth nothing compared to the name of Jesus and being known by Jesus. We need to know Jesus. And here's what they said, the disciples. Now, I've got to tell you, the disciples give us all hope, especially Peter, right? Guy's always putting his foot in his mouth. I love Peter. He makes me feel better about myself. Always saying stupid things. Always talking before it went to his brain. It goes just right out of his mouth. And some of the dumbest things, like the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus was there with Moses and Elijah, and Peter says, you know what I'll do? I'll build some tents. Yeah, we'll have tents. I'll build some tabernacles here on this mountain. And they're like, what are you talking about? What are you going to build some tents for? They're not going camping. They're going back to heaven. And so, you know, I just, I love Peter. I love the disciples. And here's what they said in Mark 9, 38. Check this out. Teacher, said John, we saw a man driving out demons in your name. And we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Verse 39, do not stop him, Jesus said. I mean, Jesus, incredible patience with these guys all the time. They're in a boat, and Jesus says, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees. And they say, he's mad because we didn't bring any bread. (laughs) Jesus had just fed the 5,000. And Jesus said, are you kidding me? How many did we feed? 4,000. How many else did we feed? 5,000. And you think I'm talking about bread? Verse 39, do not stop him. What are you guys doing? No one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. They're, they're, you can't perform a miracle without the name of Jesus. And when you have the name of Jesus, then no one can say anything. It's a good test. Are they of the Lord or not? If they do a miracle in the name of Jesus, there's a good chance they're on your side. And Jesus says, verse 40, for whoever is not against us is for us. I tell you the truth, anyone who gives a cup of water in my name because you belong to Christ will certainly not lose his reward. Wow. There's a whole lot to unpack there. Let's start. Number four. Miracles are not a competition. Churches should not be in competition with one another. But you notice that the disciples were often competitive with each other. You know, James and John try to Jesus' side, even used their mother, their mother to get Jesus to the side and say, can you, um, 
make my, my boys, you know, on, sit on thrones. Make us the greatest in your kingdom. And the other disciples found out, and they were furious. It's trying to sneak in first place, huh? And so we see this all over, the, all over the place. The disciples are competing with each other. They're arguing about who's going to be the greatest. I'm the greatest of all time. If those remember Muhammad Ali. And, and what was the reporter with him all the time? Muhammad Ali and Howard Cosell. Thank you. A mind sharper than mine. Howard Cosell. Good times. But how many of you know that Jesus is the greatest of all time? And no one can lay claim to that. And so we need to remind ourselves, this is not about us. This is about Jesus. It's not about our name. It's about his name. Healing and miracles are not restricted to a choice few. Oh, that every church in Bakersfield would have signs and wonders and miracles and healings. Wouldn't that be great that all the church, all the Christian churches have a visitation from God and people are saved and healed and delivered and set free? That's what we want. We can rejoice when someone gets saved in another church or that someone is healed because we're all part of the kingdom of God. And here's this, boy, this is, I've often meditated on this verse. It is the most simple gesture that gets the greatest reward. The most simple gesture. We, we think of doing grand things. We want, it's often said, I want to do great things for God. But show me someone who's willing to do small things for God first. And it can't be any smaller than giving a cup of water. You see, Jesus is rearranging the thoughts of the disciples, trying to change their character and their, their personality and their focus in life, that it's not a competition. But if you just give a cup of water, which nobody notices and nobody cares, God sees, and it will be rewarded. Is that just incredible? Whoever gave me this water today is going to receive a reward from God. Bless God. How God loves to bless his people and reward his people. Even if we give a cup of water in the name of Jesus. And that's the key. Everything we do, everything we give is in the name of Jesus. So back to our original story. Peter and John had come to the temple and they encountered a handicapped man begging for money. Here's what Peter said. Let's look at Acts 3.6. So the guy is asking for money, begging for money. Verse 6, then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. But what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. And then he went with him into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. What a sight to see. Everybody knew this guy. They saw him at the temple all the time, begging for silver and gold, begging for money. And now he's doing the jig. He's doing a dance. He's all fired up. And this is, this is probably the first miracle we see after Jesus has ascended into heaven. And this is to tell us that the ministry of miracles is not over. Healing is not over. The ministry of Jesus carried on to his disciples and you and me. And so that ministry has not ended. God's still doing miracles. He's still doing healing, body, soul, and spirit. And so it's the first healing and miracle after Jesus had 
ascended into heaven. And this is proof that he expected it to continue on. So this man was begging at the temple. Now here's the irony. Listen to this. What he wanted was money, but what he needed was a miracle. Think about that. What he wanted was money, but what he needed was a miracle. And sometimes we're confused in the same way. We want something, but it's not what we really need. Now, I want to say this. There's nothing wrong with silver and gold. Bless God. I worked in a gold mine. So there. (laughs) But there's nothing wrong with silver or gold. In fact, Jesus says in Luke 16, 9, to use worldly wealth. And we know the Bible says that money is not the root of evil. The love of money is the root of a big difference. I believe God does want to bless his people financially. I believe that. But the man wanted something good, but Jesus wanted to give him something better. Jesus has something better for us. I want to say that. But let's be honest. Sometimes we are asking for the wrong things. And then we don't receive and we we don't understand. I had the faith. I asked. But you're asking for the wrong, wrong things. This man was poised. He's right there to receive a miracle. And he doesn't even think about asking for a miracle. He's just going through the motions. This is how he's lived every day. He's just going through the motions. Just carrying through on it. Now, maybe we don't witness more miracles because we we want things that won't satisfy. How many of you know the silver and gold would just get him through another day, but he would still be broken? It may get him another two days, but he would still be broken. And sometimes we're trying to just hold on to things that will only get us through one more day or two more days, but I'm here to tell you God wants to offer you something more. He doesn't want to leave us in our brokenness. But he doesn't want to just get us through one more day or two more days. He wants to heal us. If the man had received what he asked for, he would have remained broken. And his condition would have remained the same. I knew of a Christian doctor who would care for the souls of his patients and not just their bodies. And inevitably, when they would come in for an appointment for their medication or their malady or whatever they needed, the doctor would do some probing. He'd ask about their life and go into different things, what was troubling them. And and he would often say, you know what, I could give you a pill to treat your symptoms. Or I can give you something else that will bring a cure. Which do you want? And they said, what's the cure? Jesus. And not only that, sometimes the cure is forgiveness. We know that bitterness creates physical problems in people. It does. Unforgiveness and bitterness, it's proven medically that these things in our soul can bring harm to our body. And so this doctor would give them a choice. I can give you a pill or you can be cured by forgiving your enemies. And most of the people said, I want the pill. I'd rather treat my symptoms than have to go through the cure. Jesus wants to heal our bodies and our brokenness. 
I want to tell you this. Jesus wants to heal us even more than we do. Jesus loves to heal. He's setting things right, what they're supposed to be. And, and that can only happen in the name of Jesus. I'm going to just take some time at the end of this service if the worship team would come. We're going to do something a little different today. We're going to sing this song about the name of Jesus. I love this song. Speak Jesus. Nathan also led us in a song about the name of Jesus. And so today what we're going to do is the worship team is going to lead in this song. And if you need a healing, I, want, I invite you to come to the altar if you're able. If you're not able to physically, just create an altar where you're sitting. But if you need a healing, body, soul, or spirit, I would invite you to come to the altar as we sing this song because it's the name of Jesus. If you need a miracle, you may need a financial miracle, you may need a relationship healing, you may need something that only God can provide. When we sing this song, I encourage you to come to the altar. Because this is a step of faith. When you come to the altar, you're telling God, I believe you can heal me. I believe you can do a miracle. I believe you can see me through. But it requires a, a step of faith. And again, if you're not able, you can have that step of faith right where you're sitting. But we're going to sing about the name of Jesus. It's nothing more beautiful, nothing more precious, nothing more powerful. And so when you come to the altars, I just encourage you to sing these words or just speak the name of Jesus. Would you stand with me? Would you come? Jesus, Jesus, 
Jesus. Hallelujah. Your name is power. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Hallelujah. in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family Jesus for my family speak it I out speak the holy name Jesus. Yes, speak the name speak the name Jesus. shout Jesus from the mouth Hallelujah Jesus in the streets Yes Lord Jesus in the darkness over every Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Continue to worship. If you've come to the altar, don't be in a hurry to leave. There's plenty of time. Just, just take the time to be in our Father's presence. And kneel before the Lord and just, just stay until you feel the release from the Lord. The worship team's just going to continue to minister. We're going to keep our conversation to the foyer because God's doing something here right here, right now. I believe bondages are being broken. Bodies are being healed. Souls are being restored. Families are being brought back together in the name of Jesus. We speak the name of Jesus and we believe that addictions will be broken. Anxiety and fear will pass away in the mighty name of Jesus. And all darkness and deception will be gone. 
So just just stay, just tarry in the altar. Just give it a little time before, until you feel the Lord release you. The rest of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord turn His face toward you. May His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Let's continue to worship. You've been listening to Bakersfield First Assembly's weekly broadcast. BFA is located on the corner of California and Marilla Way. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in person and online on Facebook and YouTube. For more information, check out our website, bakersfieldfirst.com, or download our app from the App Store.